Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Hi, I'm Shanna. And I'm Bryce. And this is Charmed, Charmed a Spellcast. <laughs> oh, this is going to keep happening. And this is going to keep happening until we're out of quarantine. So I hope everyone enjoys this limited time. Welcome to Charmed a Spellcast. <laughs> the witches with the really nice hair and a penchant for 90s style and kicking ass and taking names when names are worthwhile and knowing how to fight like girls in this patriarchal demon infested world they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones Yes, you're uh, out of sync, but still in touch. But still open-hearted and and hoping so earnestly to match with another person's um, decibels and mm. rhythm. Yes. You and I are just shouting out into the void, hoping that our voices will be able to come together in harmony. Ah, uh, intertwine in perfect Univision. Yes. <laughs> Univision. I'm in Univision on Telemundo. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I love that. Okay, I'm glad to have started with a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Two ships in the night crashing into each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, my favorite thing are malphorisms. They're, my favorite one to say is, um, uh, oh, We'll burn that bridge when we get there. Don't you worry. <laughs> I really like that one. Oh, don't don't you worry. <laughs> we'll destroy that when we get to it. Uh, speaking of setting things on fire, hello and welcome. <laughs> this is the podcast. This is it. Ah, there's a lot of stuff set on fire in this episode. Oh, truly, truly. A whole castle. Oh, yeah castle a painting mm-hmm um b- great balls of fire yep mm-hmm goodness gracious ah oh, i know i say this on a lot of episodes but i feel like that should just be the song goodness gracious for the for the episode no just like you know how there are certain songs that come to mind while we talk about things for this mm-hmm. one it's goodness gracious great balls of fire <laughs> um and for another one it was unwritten oh yeah yeah i see what you're saying yeah so i keep threatening to do it maybe one day i'll actually link up a song at the end of the episode to something within the episode perhaps this day perchance to sleep to dream (laughs) (laughs) no oh man so uh how are you how are you doing bryce How, how is it going over there where i cannot see you yes good um it's it's you know, it has its ups and downs. Um, this weekend, I went on a very long walk, and I picked up takeout dim sum, which was very exciting for me. But the dim sum, not so great. Oh, so sad. Yes, yeah, so that taught me the value of journey, not destination. And that taught me the value of 
looking at the reviews on a dim sum place. Oh my god, you're so smart. Thank you. I don't have foresight. I'm, I'm very, I'm very, very smart when it comes to something I want to eat. But that's about <laughs> it. That's that's my level of smarts. That's my area of expertise. Oh, it's all coming together. Street smarts. Just street smarts. Dim sum smarts. Uh, palate smarts. Mm. I've been watching a lot of Top Chef uh, lately. It's mm-hmm. been really great. And I think our next podcast should be Top Chef. Ooh. I've actually also I... never seen Top Chef. Oh, my God. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> oh, this will be so good. We have a formula. Yeah, I've seen a thing. You haven't seen a thing. And you bring insightful criticism while I talk about what's gay. <laughs> And uh, there's a lot that's gay on Top Chef, which is partly why I'm watching it. Um, well, we'll put a put a pin in it. Future podcast. Okay. Put a lid on it. Put a bird on it. Put put a bird on the lid. On the pot. And that's in the pot. Th- yep. Is risotto. <laughs> put a bird in the pot, and it's chicken risotto. What? <laughs> Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Well, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, sure will. Wow, so now that we've spent five minutes. (laughs) Talking nonsense. Um, Let's do some manner keeping. Okay. Um, Did you want to go first? Sure. I don't have a lot to say. All I have to say is that I am scared a lot of the time. I am tired a lot of the time. I am trying not to read the news, but also reading the news because I need to stay informed. But I I feel like I'm going to cry if I do keep too informed. Mm -hmm. So it's a a real whirlwind over here. It's a rough time. And for anyone else who is having a rough time right now, even more, that seems even more exacerbated than usual. Wow, I am right there with you, my bud. My dude. I I feel you. I feel like I have a split brain. Like one part of me recognizes how unjust, unjust the world is, how many people are dying, how many people who don't have access to the care that they need or who are for- forced to be essential workers and putting and put themselves like in the line of death. And then another part of me is like grateful for all of the quiet moments that I get nowadays, for all of the times I get to like call friends who I haven't talked to in literally like months and like have an excuse to connect again. Mm-hmm. It's 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 kind of weird to juggle those two realities. Oh, definitely. Oh, I hear you there. There there have definitely been moments that I've found as um healing and like lovely and i have been able to appreciate like the sunlight coming in through the window in a certain way that i never would if i were working in at an office building so there are things mhm there 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 are truly if ever there was a time to have a split brain this would be it <laughs> to yeah. compartmentalize yeah there's a lot to be sad about but if the only thing that we are is sad i don't think we'll be able to live very much longer oh man oh man 
Well, that's why I'm going to put my my plug this week for uh, Stephen Sondheim's birthday concert. Oh, tell us more. I shall tell you more. So on April 26th, which is this Sunday, which is presumptively the day after this airs, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Um, Raul Esparza is hosting a live stream, a cacophony of sound. No, it's it's a symphony of sound of many Broadway stars and former Broadway stars and different actors who traditionally do Stephen Sondheim's birthday concert. They've done one for his 70th, one for his 80th, and now they're doing a concert for the veteran composer and lyricist's 90th birthday, and it's going to be free for all. It is going to be a charity event, um, so it's donation-based, and we're all going to get to see some really, really lovely renditions of Sondheim songs. So I'm so grateful to be able to see that. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it will be a an hour or two of respite. Wow. You have given us a gift in these times. Yes, I, Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> Uh, Shana Sondheim, here, here back again with another concert for your earbuds. Yes, Shana Sondheim, out of the woods and into the house um, is what I'm calling this version. I'm so happy that today's Manor Keepin included like something that our listeners can look forward to. Besides us, because, you know, every two weeks they're just like, ah, when will the next episode of Charmed the Spellcast come back? I know, and then you lie dormant and uh, in anticipation, yes, and you shan't do anything else <laughs> except wait <laughs> for two weeks. I as well remain prone in hibernation, and then I come to life one time, and that's to do this podcast every two weeks. An incredible feat, a phenomenon occurs. Bryce and Shayna get out of bed, and then they get. <laughs> back into bed to record because the sounds better i tried to make uh cinnamon buns this weekend so i went to the store and i looked for flour and there was none and i was like okay so then i looked for yeast and there were none and i was like okay and then i went to the freezer aisle and i picked up pillsbury um like pre-made cinnamon buns oh i want to do that <laughs> uh we're getting biscuits in our next grocery list shopping list haul Ooh. i'm very excited biscuits biscuits anyway um that's my manner keeping i like it good good great what about you me um i have a selfish manner keeping but uh so this wednesday this past wednesday was earth day and i was recently involved in an event called an open climate collabathon where a bunch of teams worked remotely which, wow, how prescient, to figure out some like technological solutions to climate change and to understanding things like supply chains or consumer disclosure or like I don't, just like compile a bunch of things in a database to help consumers track or um, keep companies accountable. Anyway, I was part of a team that won a thing and they reached out recently and said like, hey, could some people from your team present at a thing? on April 25th to kind of uh, showcase what you did the last collabathon so that we can inspire people to join the next collabathon. So uh, on Saturday, I will be tuning in 
online to give a quick presentation with one of my co-hosts, or sorry, one of my team members. Um, and it's kind of exciting because uh, we're like a very, like we had to work as a team over all these different um, remote channels, which means that I have a teammate who is in Asia and another teammate who is in France. And we're all gonna wake up and get online so that people in LA can watch us present about our last project. Uh, always catering to those West Coast folks. Uh, those Pacific daylight saving. <laughs> we're at a cowboy. Hoarders. That's amazing. Congratulations, Bryce. Thank you. That's so cool. Thank you. Oh, wow. Saving the planet. Teaching other people mm -hmm. how to save the planet. Save a horse. Uh, so proud of you. Thank you. Okay, well, and... moving on. Okay, well, now we're leaving. <laughs> Goodbye. Enough about that. Let's talk about what we're all here for. We're all here for people getting cursed by witches. Yes. And then they have to be in paintings and then they have to get out of paintings and then they have to burn the paintings <laughs> and also 90s and style also, spaghetti straps and also spaghetti straps and also baby dolls and also uh oh shoot what are those called overalls over wow, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> song just writes itself <laughs> um i uh i saw one one of our lovely trusted listeners um one sarah jensen really enjoyed the stinger from last week oh wait what did what did we put i think it was the uh oh hop, um, bop, bop, bop. <laughs> wasn't it i think it was that i don't know no, maybe it wasn't this the stinger. I think she really enjoyed the oh a uh, a premonition, a postmonition, a oh. memory. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. So Sarah, I'm just working extra hard for you right now, um, hoping to provide you with a quality soundbite. <laughs> here, um. here for you. Okay, so. Okay. Shall shall we look at the three paths of the sisters after I say what the name of this episode is? <laughs> um yeah, that's a that's a good plan. Thank you. Okay, now I'm going to say the name <laughs> of this episode. So, this is season 2, episode 3 of Charmed, The Painted World. <gasps> and I know, The Painted World. It was directed by Kevin Inch and it was written by Oh my gosh, it was actually written by Constance M. Burge. <gasps> what? She Whoa! Makes a guest appearance. That's amazing. Congrats, Constance. We love you. Um, <laughs> and it was aired originally on October 14th, 1999. Woo! Back at it with Constance, our good old buddy old pal. Thank you for giving us Charmed, Constance. I really appreciate it. You you have provided so much. Um, the the least of which is um, my gay root. So I can't thank you enough. Truly, wow. Constance is a constant in our hearts. That is true, and my loins. Anyway, so <laughs> um, 
What what happens in this episode, Bryce? Well, we see a lot of um, 90s style uh, spaghetti straps. And... That is true. Oh, sorry. We're doing the uh, the three paths. <laughs> yes, right. we okay. are. Okay, okay. Oh, man. We are all over the place today. So... Um, pr- as, as usual. <laughs> so, Prue wears um, a black tank top spaghetti strap. And uh, over the course of the episode, she graduates to brown... No, I'm just kidding. Um... Oh, I thought you were going to keep going with this. <laughs> I don't remember Dang. what color her last outfit was, actually. Okay, so... She ends up wearing a green bandana. Quad? That's what I remember. She has a green bandana on. I don't remember. I remember she starts yeah. in glasses. She does. Okay. They mysteriously disappear. Okay, anyway. We got, we got this. So, uh, Prue has been tasked with... Um, uh appraising a painting that some lady is trying to get rid of through buckland and then over the course of that process she comes to find out that the painting has a man inside it like a human man Ooh! so then she gets sucked into this big old adventure where she also tumbles into the painting and has to find her way out um and it's really just kind of an action adventure plot for her yeah i think that's basically it for for Piper, uh, there is a similar path to Prue in which she's also involved in this painting. So for Piper, Piper has a very similar path to Prue in which she also has to combat the painting. But before that, she is dealing with code violations, building code violations for her club. And so she has to figure out how to hire someone and how to decode all these violations in order to fix up her club so she can then start thinking about opening it and running it. Ooh, so exciting. She's starting a business. Um, Ooh, business small business woman. owner. True. Businessman. A bit businessman. A do businessman. Business time. Okay. It's business. <laughs> it's business time. Okay. That was good. I like that. Thank you. Uh, okay, so our last sister. Um, oh. Yes, Phoebe honestly has probably the most, like, emotional character arc, I think, in this story, in this episode. So she doesn't just fight the whole painting plot, but she also has her own side plot, where I think she starts to kind of um, show all of her insecurities. Well, I guess just one big one. And she goes through another, like, side plot where she attempts to become a smarter person and try to get a, jo- and try to get a job so that she can um, prove, I guess, that she is a worthy human, which she is. Yeah. And she definitely is without trying to get a job that requires a PhD. Oh, yeah. Um, and having gone to Stanford and working in the Silicon Valley. God, I rolled my eyes so hard during that scene because there was like one person who was like, they're intimidating, aren't they? But ha ha ha, who doesn't know how to write HTML numerically in this day and age? And I was like, oh, it's one of those self-taught people who think that they're better than everyone. (laughs) None of this made any sense to me. Yeah. Well, Um, I feel like it was a very, the, the guy reminded me of a very specific person who I feel like I read on things like Stack Overflow when I'm trying to like do a thing and there are people who are like armchair um, 
I mean, they are programmers, but it's kind of like they're armchair experts. So they like say it's the kind of person who would like push up their glasses and go like, well, actually. Go off. Go (laughs) off, Bryce. Get them. You you tell them. Pushing up your glasses for nothing. There's another podcast that I really like that is hosted by two ex-programmers. And they talk a lot about how there's just like always some person in the office who is in every single office. And you know who they are because when you ask a question, they turn around slowly, push up their glasses and go, well, (laughs) actually. And their whole thing is that... um, while there may be one answer or like one easy answer, they're like, so this is the way you can do it. And that's like probably efficient and probably easy. But this is the way that I would do it because blah, 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 blah. Mm, because I'm smarter. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm smarter than everyone else, which is why I need to push up my glasses. Psych, I don't actually need these glasses. <laughs> uh, it just feels they're like a very... Signaling. A very specific person. I feel like I I sometimes um, wa- have to walk through a world in which people try to intimidate you with their seemingly more immense amount of knowledge. Mm-hmm. I think you do. And I, I hope that you never actually deign to give them the privilege of your intimidation um, because they don't deserve it. Wow. Thanks, Shayna. You're welcome, Bryce. Wow. Hi. This episode is for you. <laughs> Shayna Sondheim supports me. Yes, I do. I, I do very much. Oh, wow. I just noticed I have a musical reference, like, two notes in. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Um, I guess those are the three, the three things. Yeah. Let's, they definitely are. Let's get it. Let's get this bread. I want bread. Okay. So first things first, we're in Bucklands and Prue wearing that dress or that like tank top spaghetti strap thing. Spaghetti. It's real cute. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, as is usual, uh, she is talking to someone who doesn't actually know exactly what Prue is saying, just wants to sell their stuff real quick. Doesn't care about the the market price or the negotiation or the history of it. She just wants it out. Yeah. Gone. Sell this big old painting. She's like super um worried. Like you can see it in her in her face and her like voice is like strained and stressed. And uh and we're like, uh oh, this is a plot point waiting to happen. (laughs) So before she leaves, she mentions really quickly that the painting has been in the family for generations, but it was only recently acquired. Please make sure you sell it as soon as possible. ASASAP. ASASMPA. Okay. So then... ASPCA. Oh. Puppies. Ah, yes. So anyway, then we go to the manor? No, 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 no. We don't. Then we go to Phoebe, who is calling Piper and saying, hello, Piper, please do not tell Prue that I backed her car into a pole. Yikes. Yeah. Yipes, yipes, yikes. Um, and if this were an earlier episode, if this were an episode in the first season, then I would be like, oh, man, it's going to be a huge fight and they're not going to talk at all. Ah, but um, it's not. At all, it's, actually. It sort of feels, though, like Phoebe thinks it's going to be like that, 
because mm-hmm. she's adamant that she does not want to tell Prue that she had run Prue's car into a pole. And Phoebe's and Phoebe's like, it's okay. I'll just pay it off. All I have to do is get this job and then I'll have money and then I can just do it all myself. Um, yes, I need to get an internet job. Oh, yes. And as soon as she walked into the internet job room, I was like, oh, classic. This is exactly what the what the field looks like, which is just <laughs> a bunch of overeducated white men and also your self-taught white men who push up their glasses and act really haughty and high and mighty. And say they went to Harvard or Stanford. Or Stanford. Um, Stanford. So that's not fun for Phoebe. I'm sorry she had to go through that. I am I am also sorry. And uh, meanwhile, Piper is kind of paying attention, but not really because she's got trouble of her own. <gasps> yeah, 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 yeah. So Piper is trying to um, get her get her club off the ground, but she was hit with like code violation after code violation. Uh, so she's been distracted pretty much the entire episode by this, actually. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then, so we know that Phoebe is going to have a hard time with this interview, and she takes the aptitude test she's supposed to do for at home with her, defeated. And then we go back to Prue at Buckland. And she's looking at the painting, and then there's a light in the piazza. I mean, the painting. <laughs> what could it be? It's the man in the window. It is. It's the man in the high castle, except it's like a low castle. Yeah. It's the, like the a, man in the castle. The man in the castle on the ground floor. And he needs help. Credits. Credits. I totally blew up my mic. Um, oh, no. That's okay. That's okay. Okay. So I don't know what scene happens after the credits. Oh, I think they're at the kitchen table. And uh-huh. I wrote down so many spaghetti scra- straps. <laughs> I I wrote, um, ooh, obsessed because both, uh, I believe it's Piper and Prue are talking about how the other person can get obsessed with things. Oh, yeah. Um, have obsessive personalities. And I definitely see that. And there's some real good snark in the morning, <laughs> in the coffee. And uh, rather than spaghetti straps, I focused on Piper's bangs, which are getting much longer. And they're doing that weird thing where they like fork out, mm-hmm, <laughs> kind mm-hmm, of. Mm-hmm. They're like extremely separated clumps of fringe i not a fan also i hate those bangs because they look like they always get in your eyeballs mm-hmm. they look pokey they look like they'll poke your eye out let so me tell it, you what so let me tell you what uh piper i hope your growing pains go smoothly and quickly and as painlessly as possible with those bangs um correct agreed uh, okay, yes. so they talk about how they all have obsessive personalities. Uh, Prue disagrees. She says she doesn't obsess. She just thinks very intensely. Um, <laughs> she thinks so hard she moves objects with her mind. Oh, shoot. You freaking did it. Yeah, it's like Matilda. Wow. Good good connection there. They're kind of... Thank you. You know what? I could see like an alternate universe in which Prue is Matilda all grown up. Oh my god, I would love a very PG-rated fanfic in which Prue meets Matilda. Oh yeah. 
I think that would be very cute. Oh, yeah, I'm imagining it just now because, like, one is super young and trying to understand her place in the world and the other one is older maybe still trying to but like more well established like she's independent she has a career she's like kind of a very responsible person and they're both trying mm -hmm. to like navigate this world in which they have this superpower exactly and definitely prue could be up there with miss honey is like the the family figure that matilda needs yeah because as we remember from that one episode, uh, Prue actually does have a maternal side. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Wow. I'm just gonna think about this now. <laughs> Maybe I'll I'll write it and read it for the next episode. Oh my freaking heck. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? I miss our fanfic. Yeah. The one time we did it. That was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then we acted it out. Oh, it was so good. Anyway. Okay. So. They're, they're all talking about they can't find anything in the Book of Shadows. And then Phoebe goes to leave and say, I'm going to do more research and take my aptitude test. And Prue is like, hmm, aren't you forgetting my car keys? Oh, no. Oh, boy. Then, nope, she's not. The car keys are with the car in the auto body shop. And... Phoebe is berating herself about how stupid she is, which mm -hmm. is definitely a combination of of the previous days, like not measuring up to the other applicants um, mm -hmm. for this job. She's stupid and the youngest sister and she can't keep down a job and blah, 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 blah. She backed into a pole and Prue's like, I am more worried about the man in the painting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was very proud of Phoebe for actually confessing because I didn't think that was, that was going to happen so early in the episode. Mm. But like mm -hmm. she quickly pivoted and starts spiraling into this like constant negative stream of thoughts about herself. Yeah. Which is really easy to do when you have made a mistake on top of things that you already feel insecure about. Yeah, I, I feel like the experience that Phoebe went through this episode is really something that a lot of us can probably identify with. Oh, yeah, definitely. Ugh, I would absolutely say that the one of the big prevalent themes of this episode is having confidence in your own ability, in yeah. your in your own, your ability to hold yourself up in a room where it feels like you don't belong or even in a group of very powerful witches in which the other two seem smarter, older, more powerful than you are. Mm -hmm. I think that the one thing that I always forget is that Phoebe is kind of supposed to be a young character and she's also mm -hmm. supposed to be kind of the black sheep of the family in that she didn't follow the exact same like successful career path that her sisters did. Mm, definitely. Oh, it's really interesting. I hadn't thought about this until now. That this episode comes right after Morality Bites mm -hmm. um, in terms of Phoebe having to grow up so mm -hmm. suddenly. Mm -hmm. And if we, if we are to believe that Charmed is operating on a continuing, like what happens in one episode carries over and affects the other, um, then she's definitely, Phoebe is definitely on this big old like streak of growth. <laughs> And of confronting really difficult and and strange introspection, and then also how her actions affect others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a good thing I think in general. But I think the way that she 
handles it in this episode is probably unhealthy. Yeah, at first, definitely. Okay. Um, oh. So anyway. So oh. <laughs> you, do you want to go? Yes, I would love to go because the only thing I have to say after this is that Piper goes over to talk the Dan, to Dan the man that we forgot about and Dan says he will, as a Mr. Construction Man, he will look at her building code violations <laughs> if Piper will talk to his niece about womanly problems, including sex ed, because Dan simply cannot talk to women about woman things. This is a already a tired theme that has been running through the first three episodes. God, it really is. But it really is. My favorite thing is that the way that Piper excuses herself from the kitchen table to run out to go talk to Dan the man, she goes, she looks at her two sisters who are arguing and they're like, don't you have anything to say? And she's like, I don't know anything about anything. And then she hustles out of there. <laughs> oh, that feels like a very Bryce way to exit <laughs> a room. I don't know. I gotta go. Um, okay, so cut back to buckland um prue has called miss franklin the lady who was trying to sell the painting back in because prue has some tough questions and she ain't letting miss franklin leave without some answers or an emmy worthy performance <laughs> um wait for real how how could a man be inside oh. a painting <laughs> how <laughs> oh so here no, we it learn it was not really Emmy worthy. It was not. Here we learn that Miss Franklin is cognizant that there is a man trapped in the painting, and the reason why she wants to get rid of the painting is because she believes that if she keeps it for too long, then she, like the rest of her family who had owned the painting, would go insane. Cuckoo bananas. Insane. And, and I guess that's all there really is to know because she storms out and she says. Just sell it. Get rid of it. And Prue is like, oh, boy. <laughs> um, I, by the way, I just wanted to mention that the entire time this was, uh, this episode has been going, I kept thinking in my head how similar it was to that episode of Doctor Who, where I don't know if you remember, but it was the 11th Doctor, and he goes back in time to Vincent Van Gogh's period of history. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, and Vincent Van Gogh paints a painting, and he keeps saying, like, there's a monster in the painting or something. Um, it was probably wow. one of the more interesting Doctor Who episodes, because it was really, like, character-driven about, like, a real historical figure. I did like that episode when I first saw it. Um, the part I liked the most was when they, like, took Vincent to see that actually all of his paintings were admired, and, and lots of people consider him a great um but the doctor who episode i was thinking of when you brought that up was actually the one in which they do have to go inside the painting because like daleks are trapped there or some i don't know something crazy classic classic doctor who <laughs> there's a dalek in the painting <laughs> the painted world <laughs> part two um okay so anyway uh miss franklin hustles out Cut back to uh, the manor where Phoebe is writing something down. Yes, she is writing a smart spell. Oh, yes, yes. And she's... Um, hmm. I think I wrote here that... the only. I think the note that I wrote was 
Oh, and P.S. There will be no personal gain. Yeah, I also wrote that. <laughs> After she does this little little rhyming, but also rhythmically kind of weird spell. Um, and then it's like, okay, I'm for for this many hours, everything I touch, I'll read, I'll understand and retain. Oh, and P.S. No personal gain. <laughs> Classic smart spell from Phoebe the Teenage Witch. <laughs> she thought of it all. Um, she sh- she sure learned from the last episode. No, oh, she really did. Obviously, if you just say P.S. <laughs> no personal gain. Well, then you're covered. That's insurance. <laughs> um, the greater powers are like, oh, dang it. She got us there. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a recurring theme. Just this little like, oh, but no personal gain. But when something that like, because of the way that episodes are structured, you have to have these kooky little like, oh, boy, they cast this spell. And obviously there's going to be some form of personal gain mm-hmm. to yeah. go wrong. Uh, agreed. Agreed. But whatever. We'll see how this plays out. Um, so yeah, anyway, we'll <laughs> the spell works. She's very smart now. Now she knows what an abaca is. Apparently it's a strong fiber obtained from a banana leaf. So that's cool. Uh, and also a mitochondria. <laughs> the powerhouse of the cell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could have told her that one. Anyway. Yes, indeed. So Peru's back in the office. Um, a Buckland employee... Named Joe Lyons. What a very earnest guy. I kind of liked him, actually. I liked him, too. I like Joe. I think he's some kind of, um, I think he works with the x-rays, I guess, with the art restoration. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So he comes. He's an archivist. <laughs> ah, he's an archivist. Okay. Um, some, something like that. We don't really know. Right. But he's a very, like, easygoing guy, and he comes back with some results from the painting, and he's like, oh, there's some words that showed up in the x-ray. And then Prue's like, oh, I'll just read these words. And then she gets sucked into the painting. Nothing could ever possibly go wrong. (laughs) Why? Why? It's just like personal gain. You gotta have them reading things out loud. (laughs) Uh, They just, when will they learn? Um, but I will say that right before she does like say everything out loud and get sucked into the painting, she says it partially and then translates it. And, uh, what's it? Joe Lyons. Joe goes, Mm -hmm. you speak Latin? And she goes, yes. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that was really hot. Oh my God. Bad ass. (laughs) Miss Smarty Pants, but not too smart to never say things out loud, you dummy. (laughs) You you dumb butt. Whatever. Come on. She's just trying to show off. I get it. You can read. God. Okay. So meanwhile, Piper is fretting back home because she's like, Prue didn't come home last night. Uh, when was the last minute we've seen her? She's not at the office. And she's like super worried. She's like, what if Prue was right? What if Prue did see a man in the painting and now she too is in the painting? Which is like, wow, super spot on. Uh, yep. <laughs> but Phoebe, meanwhile, um, who is still in her smart spell phase, uh, calculates the odds of Prue being sucked into the painting and is like, it'll be something like 3.3%. Which, of course, never works because you can't calculate the real odds of anything happening in witchcraft. Um, and why is that? It's because none of it makes sense <laughs> to the the logic of the smart spell that Phoebe is subscribing to because she's picking up all the knowledge that come from the like human world. Mm-hmm. It's it's nothing to do with witches. She's a mere mortal. A mere mortal. 
So really, is she smarter than she was when she was merely a witch? Perhaps not. Something to chew on. However, I do love her pigtails and overalls. True. It's a good look. Very girlish. Very girlish. Oh, man. Wunderkind. It's very Wunderkind. It's very, like, genius child. Oh, wow. I didn't, I wasn't reading into that when I saw this scene, but you know what? I get it. Thank you. Perhaps I am am too smart for my own good. (gasps) Too smart to poot. Okay, so Phoebe says, the Dow Jones is up. (laughs) And to that I say, no, it is not. Oh, well. Okay, so we go back to the painting. The the painting. Um, uh, wait. Okay, yeah, wait. Hold on. Piper tells Phoebe to go to the club to meet Dan because Piper has to meet with Dan to, like, talk about uh, club stuff. And Piper, meanwhile, goes back to pa- Buckland to go look at the painting. Uh, yes. Cut to the painting. And in the painting, Prue finds out that there is a man. He's a very blonde man, and he done got cursed by a witch. <gasps> His Malcolm. Not unlike herself. He's an artist. Oh, sorry. Go on. Malcolm in the medieval. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> that was so good. Thank you. I just came up with it. I'm what I'm I'm sh- I'm shook. I'm wow. I really like that. And that's what I Thank gotta you. say about that. Thank you very much. So, yes, they're both in there. They're trapped. And he's been there for 70 years. And he's had to be the entire time he's had to battle fireballs being thrown at him from every which way. And also he just has to run and go into secret bookcases. And and now Prue is there with him deflecting fireballs. And he's like, you're a witch too? Uh Uh-oh. And we're all like, "Uh uh-oh. I mean... I just, I spent too much time thinking about, like, the logistics of living in this painting for 70 years. I was like, are there only two, (laughs) are there only two rooms, and why is one of them just, like, constantly spitting out fireballs? And, like, if there's only one room that does that, surely there's a bedroom and a bathroom and, like, a kitchen. Just, like, a (laughs) myriad of other rooms that you could just spend the rest of your life in. There's, like, a Jeeves somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Bring bring you sandwiches and things. Oh. Cute. Okay. Yeah. So enough about Malcolm. Back to Phoebe and her cute construction hat. Oh, that was great too. Ah, Phoebe is Mr. Construction and she knows more than Dan does. Here to do construction business. Um, so she goes to the club and this ep- this kind of scene was just it's whatever. She goes to the club and she like shows off how smart she is and she like Points out all the all the code violations and then writes up what to do to amend them. Phoebe is now the type of person who will go into a Home Depot and tell the people in Home Depot, get away, I know more about this. <laughs> I could do it myself. I could do it myself. Um, yes. Okay, then we go back to Buckland, at which Piper is looking for Prue, and there is no Prue in the office, just her sweater. Mm-hmm. All alone in her spaghetti strap. Um, and she sees the painting. Okay, perchance she needs to take the painting and take it back to the manor and investigate. But wait, Joe is there. Oh no. Hi, Joe. And Joe's like, hi, you remember me? We met at a wine auction. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> he's very cute. 
And Piper's like, oh, that's cute. I'm sad that I now have to freeze you. <laughs> She's like, I'm sorry, Joe. And Joe's like, sorry, sorry for what? And then she just freezes him. <laughs> Goodbye, Joe. <laughs> Uh, okay, so she hustles out of there past a frozen Joe, and meanwhile, Prue and Malcolm are uh, tumbling. They you- are a tumbling down. They are trying to get to the window so they can write out the word, the name Nell, because that was the name of the witch who cursed him, and so maybe that'll give a clue to their to uh, Prue's sisters yeah. not to read anything out loud. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway, they're tumbling to the window and then back to the wall. And then, meanwhile, Phoebe is, um, wait, where am I? I don't have anything here except for a single quote. I think Phoebe and Piper are talking, and yeah, this is when we get, mm-hmm. She takes the painting back to the manor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Piper hustles the painting back to the manor, like the art thief she is, and she meets, um, Phoebe. And they have, like, a really good but kind of, like, perhaps rushed heart-to-heart where Phoebe confesses that she feels not at the same caliber as her sisters. And she tells um, Piper that Piper does not know how good it is to be really smart. And then she's like, oh, but maybe you do because you have a four-year degree. And you can just see in that in that line how low phoebe thinks of herself because of this like one achievement that her sisters have that she doesn't yeah meanwhile phoebe is always the person to be the detective i know i she i think what what happened here is that she fell trapped to basing her value and her worth on what people in society consider to be valuable absolutely which is even easier to do when you're going for a silicon valley job Oh, true, true, true. Oh, yeah, they live in San Francisco. I keep forgetting. They do. Stanford. Boo, Stanford. Boo. Um, boo. To all the people listening who like Stanford, too bad we don't. Get out of here, Leland. Because <laughs> that's his yeah. name. <laughs> Leland. Leland Stanford. Oh, what a, what's in a name? Uh, a rose. Snobbery. Okay. Uh, where are we? Okay. <laughs> so We're at, oh man, everyone has different kinds of smarts. Oh yeah. So many different kinds, and that is what Piper tries to say. Piper Street tries smarts. to say, listen, you got so many smarts, Phoebe, and plus, if you did go back to school, like, you do great. And I did not do great in school, is <laughs> basically what she says. Which is so interesting because Piper absolutely strikes me as the type of person who would go to college, get whatever degree, and be like, man, that sucked. <laughs> I hated that. Yeah. And like, feel feel really down on herself until she found the thing she wanted to do. And she did find the thing she wanted to do, which is be a small business owner and a cook. Mm-hmm. I think the the path that um piper has taken kind of makes me think of uh the path of somebody who always thought they were going to be a certain thing because perhaps that was what their parents wanted them to be or because that's what they thought would earn them like acclaim and respect and then only after they had spent so much time like wasted hurrying after this ideal 
ideal self that they realized that it didn't bring them joy and they eventually Absolutely. decided to follow their own path. Wow, which I can imagine would make Piper sad, especially sad to see Phoebe going through that mm -hmm. because she's already been there and she has always assumed that Phoebe doesn't care about that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, all. So, uh, uh, Phoebe starts to walk away and Piper's like, wait, 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 help me like figure out what this uh, words are. And she picks up the x-ray painting and reads it aloud. Oh, why? Again, again, nobody is smart. But truly, this leads into my favorite scene, which is Piper screaming <laughs> and like, <laughs> I, it's not really a run. It's more like a scuttle, I think, or some kind of like... <laughs> uh-huh um some kind of like weird uh like very very short stride run and she like runs past a fireball uh because she's sucked into the painting and then um she finds uh prue and malcolm yeah exactly and um that is quite a ridiculous scene i would say the next the next part is actually the part that is my favorite uh, scene of the entire episode which is when they have to stay away from the windows Malcolm keeps telling them to stay away from the windows where they eventually have to write something and Piper's like why what's wrong with the windows and then there are blades <laughs> and they just go shoop and Piper goes ah, blades I wrote that too <laughs> I wrote like four A's I was like blades <laughs> yeah uh, it's so good. My favorite thing is after, like, um, so Prue, like, telekinesis apart the blades and Piper manages to squeeze in the letters and then they both rush off as soon as the task is done and the blades come, like, shoop, like, back out again right where they were. And uh, Piper's like, good thing she had a short name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so silly. Piper's got so many cracks in this episode, too. I know. She's Whoever's... Yeah, whoever's writing her lines is having a really great time. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that this is, this is her character because she gets all the good, sassy, sardonic lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and meanwhile, in another sassy, sardonic kind of part of this episode, Phoebe is trying to find a spell that is going to help get them out of the painting. And Jenny, Dan's niece, rings the doorbell and Phoebe's like, uh, can't help unless it's really an emergency, kid. And the kid does not understand that, as kids never do. <laughs> and Phoebe has to help Jenny learn about sex ed and write an essay about sex ed or sex um, about insemination. Yeah. Um, so she starts in writing out like a really uh, too detailed in terms of like all of the um like scientific words for like the cells that are involved blah, blah blah and then she looks up and is like oh okay too complicated and then she writes something out really quickly hands it back to jenny is like okay skedaddle kid um and the picture is of an egg and then sperm swimming towards the egg i thought it was going to be some really crude like the finger going into another finger uh -huh. kind of a thing oh man you know what we should do hmm. for our next post is we should photoshop over that that paper it should it should be a different picture oh okay okay we should we should make our own meme oh my god yes 
It's time we yes. made our play for Meme King. Ah, it's going to be a very short-lived play, but I have faith <laughs> in us. Oh, boy. Um. Anyway, so Jenny rushes out and is very confused, as one should be in the American school system when you have to talk about sex. Nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> there is no comprehensive sex ed. Um, and then we see, as Jenny rushes out, that the gal from Buckland is actually across the street in a car watching and she puts sunglasses on and that's how you know she's a bad dude Ooh wee. okay so inside back in the manor phoebe's trying to figure out okay i need she found a spell i need to get this spell inside the painting so that my sisters can say it because it'll release them from the confines of so the, what do i do paint. how to do without do? being inside it myself oh I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, she sees Kit the cat and her eyes narrow and she's like, ooh, no, I couldn't. And then she has a little Grinch smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her ears curl oh, up. So good. Um, okay. Inside the painting, Prue is uh, hanging out with Piper while Malcolm tries to go do a thing, I guess. And she's like, to Piper. I'm a little suspicious. How, why, okay, so why would this guy be put away into a painting by a witch? Like, it couldn't just be revenge for an ex because the amount of magic that it would take to create this whole world, a lot. Yeah, so what's going on? Something's fishy. What's the big idea? Right at that time, something fishy uh, is a cat. A cat (laughs) comes into the painting zapped in by phoebe and on the cat's collar as malcolm picks it up are the words that are going to free them oh but man. it turns out that malcolm is a baddie he's a bad guy so prue and piper rush out just as malcolm is like ha ha i'm a warlock and then he reads kit's collar and he's transported out of the painting and meanwhile they are in the painting still no no we also learned that Miss Franklin, who is the woman who's trying to get rid of the painting, is Malcolm's lover. Ooh, yuck. Gross. Hate that word. <laughs> yeah. Terrible word. I mean, that's, that's the word he used, but he also talked with like a really fast-talking like transatlantic accent, so... Yeah, his, his method of speaking changes a lot, like, throughout this mm-hmm. episode. Uh, it goes back and forth from, like, transatlantic to, like, regular guy to, like, a uh, modified scary demon voice it's it's all over the place mm-hmm. uh it was a choice that he probably didn't know he was making yeah so anyway um yay phoebe gets some action because malcolm pops into the manor and she gets to jujitsu him yeah a seventh degree black belt because she read a book wow the power of words um, come on hermione yeah oh and this is when we first learned about blinking oh god i guess it is i was i couldn't remember if we had seen it earlier Mm -mm. but yeah yeah so this is where i i suppose first learned about blinking and basically it's a power that a warlock has where he blinks and then can instantly teleport wait matthew didn't have this power oh you know what i think there probably was 
some sort of baddie that had a similar power and you you like hinted to me like oh this is something that we'll see more later on and i was like okay and now now we're seeing it <laughs> yay bryce you get your first continuity of demon powers wow you didn't lie to me i would never lie to you never oh okay suspicious i'll always believe everything i say um anyway <laughs> So yes, so he blinks. He keeps blinking, but she keeps kicking. Uh, blinking and kicking. <laughs> all the way through. All the day long. And he taunts her by saying, Well, you know, your smarts are only going to last until a certain time. I heard your sisters talking about it. Tick-tock, Phoebe. Tick-tock. Which is so lame. <laughs> and then he blinks on out of there. Uh, and Phoebe has to figure out a new plan to help her sisters. Who are, by the way inside the painting and they're like thinking about phoebe and reflecting on how smart they think she is they're like mm -hmm. if anyone could rescue us it's phoebe like smart spell or no smart spell which i just absolutely adore mm -hmm. so much oh gosh they have they do have so much faith in her which is such a change from the first season mm -hmm. ah I just keep thinking about these things because we are at the very start of the second season so i think a lot of changes are kind of very uh very noticeable yeah character progressions are very noticeable yeah i agree that's actually a really good point um ch -ch -ch changes ch -ch 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 changes and um the one thing that never changes is that evil is always sexy evil so as malcolm blinks on out uh to the front of the manor his lover jane comes rushing up to him and they make out Wow. And then they mack on each other. They mack on each other, and she's like, "I miss macking on you." And he's <laughs> I like, "I miss macking Malcolm." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I miss macking medieval Malcolm. And then he's like, "Well, you may mack on me further, my dear, but first, why don't we? Why don't we get you a present, which is the power of premonition?" And then two more powers after that and she's like "Ooh, your evil ways are so sexy and yes then they decide to do that yep uh so then meanwhile phoebe is inside the uh, manor and she's like trying to find a spell and then the big old grandfather clock starts ringing which signals that it's 7 p.m which is the end date of her uh smart spell so she's like oh no i can't i don't have the words i don't have the words in my head the song's not my heart anymore and then jane and malcolm uh blink inside or i think malcolm blinks inside and then jane opens the door <laughs> <laughs> oh man and they um, set the painting on fire and they say say goodbye to your little family and hello to oblivion um and then phoebe even though she doesn't have all the powers of the smarts on the page in her, decides that she is going to zap them back into the painting very smartly. Yeah. Ha -ha -ha. This is so fun because you know how we were making fun of the other sisters for like, why would you read a thing out loud? In this case, Phoebe turns it on its head and reading it out loud is the way that she defeats the bad guys. Exactly reading it out loud and she has the little inscription she sent with kit that she stole back from malcolm and so they get to freeze the baddies read the inscription get transported back out and the baddies are set on fire 
forever. Goodbye. Street smarts. Incinerated. <laughs> um, With a, and then a fire extinguisher on an already burnt out, flamed out painting. To let you know that it was nice. once on fire. And now, tis not. Um, and I forget who it was. I think it was Prue who was like, I didn't want them to die. Just be in pain forever. No, she's like, I just... Yeah, <laughs> just be trapped in this painting forever. Um, which I guess is supposed to signal to us, the viewers, that they're good witches. Mm-hmm. I mean, they wear spaghetti. They feel regretty. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> Charmed, a spell cast. <laughs> Where spaghetti feel regretty. Dun dun. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> oh god. This is full of so much singing. Um how shall we remedy it? Oh, I know. We shall close this episode. Okay. So Prue is like, oh man, how'd you get us out of there? Uh how'd you get the incantation back? And uh Phoebe's like I used different smart techniques. I picked his pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Street smarts. Which is like, yeah, classic street smarts. Um, And, oh man, Phoebe is so mischievous. Mischievous Phoebes. And that is it until they go back to the club, I think. Yeah, so we go back to the club and Dan's like, okay, well, these are all of the recommendations that your sister made when she was wearing her construction hat, but it'll cost a lot and it'll require a huge crew. And Piper's like, can you do it fast and cheap? And Dan's like, yeah. So that solves that. <laughs> oh, good. Great. And then it it's like, oh, does Piper have a crush on Dan the man? Ew. Ew, gross. Oh, there's no chemistry what happened to leo he's still around nobody knows nobody knows we left off last time with they were gonna talk yeah and and that's it wait well i i just don't know what to think anymore uh help well you know what dan thinks is that um he's very uncomfortable with the work that phoebe has done for for his niece which was right out a very detailed sexplanation um and so he asked her please thank you for helping but please let my niece write in her own words about sex um i mean about sex that i mean ah and uh she's like ah yes i was a different person when i did that i am sorry but but weirdly there was like a weird like wink wink hint hint where dan is like i like when people can show off their own smarts and I guess it's supposed to be like he likes it when Phoebe is not trying to pretend to be smarter or something, but I don't, I don't get it. I am pretty sure that it, that was just a line in there to nicely wrap up the episode. And Dan, in fact, in fact, does not know of which he speaks. So we now have a nice little button to the episode. Um, Piper comes to talk to her sisters. And they're like, what was that about? What did Dan want to talk to you about? Oh, wait, no, no, first they give her gifts. Yeah, they give her a gifty. Well, also, he's over there. He gives her the paper and talks to her when the sisters are there as well. And then he leaves. And then they give her a gifty, which is a purse and shoes. Wow. Because they are so thankful to her smarts. 
Yeah. Go uh, Beetle Sports. And it was cute because they had been talk when they were like trapped in the painting, presumably forever. They were like talking about like, oh, when I get out of here, I'm gonna buy Phoebe a purse or shoes, and I'll buy her the purse to match. And then they did it. And they did. I don't know how they match, but they are a purse and shoes. There, that's that's how they match. They're two and objects. I guess, <laughs> and I guess that's how you do it, folks. If uh, anyone ever asks you fashion advice, you say, well, you get one item and then you get the second. Yeah. And you give them to a person at the same time and voila, they match. That's exactly how it works. Street smarts. Street smarts. <laughs> fashion smarts. Um, yes. And so that happens. And Phoebe says, you know what? I have realized that I shouldn't like doubt myself, but you know what? Oh, no, she doesn't say that. I said that to her because I love her. <laughs> um, she says, you know, what this has taught me is that there's just so much to learn. Oh, There's so much information out in the world. And I wanted to yell, and you know a lot of things. Don't discount yourself. And she says, but you know what? Maybe I'll go back to taking some night classes. Hmm. We'll see. Yeah. I think it was a nice... Uh spin on the negative thoughts that she was having all up all episode because sure she might not know everything but that doesn't mean that she doesn't have the capability to be a smart person absolutely and that doesn't mean that the knowledge that she does have isn't valuable exactly it is extremely valuable and there are so many different kinds of, of valuable knowledge and it's truly only what other people deem as commonly valuable i guess i would say or as like valued monetarily and in a mainstream kind of a way that really i think determines those like oh, i'm no good mm -hmm. what i know is not enough and i'll never know enough unless i sleep with a dictionary under my pillow yeah especially in a society that you and i inhabit where we're often comparing ourselves to others because that is the main way to really define our worth so exactly i liked how it wasn't it, it was like you said the two-folded the two-fold factor of i am good as like the person who i am is worthy and valuable and the person that i wish i could be is within my reach yeah absolutely and also the people around me are good and valuable and i don't have to put them down in order to make myself feel good and that's feminism and that's feminism. And what if no money? Um, <laughs> let's not get too crazy. Or, or let's. And you know, what's, what's, that, what's that meme that's like, what if, what if we, whatever, whatever. Haha, <laughs> JK. Unless. I don't know the specifics of this meme. Oh, shoot. I've reached meme literacy at a point that i do not wish to be which is the point that i know a meme bryce does not <laughs> oh so sad oh i joined tiktok this past weekend did i tell you no you didn't <laughs> i did oh my god <laughs> oh my god um so are you gonna be making some have you made some no i think i will inhabit the same role that i did when i was on vine which is i will be a silent fly on the wall i will consume everything but say nothing Hmm. So if you cast the smart spell, would you just absorb all the TikTok dances? Um, interesting, interesting concept. 
I feel as if that would be a misuse of the smart spell. It's like I am using a smart spell to have less brain cells. <laughs> I disagree. I fully disagree. <laughs> I think it would be a wonderful use of the smart spell. I would like to know how to dance. I actually, um, yeah, I actually have been really into a, and you know what, let's stop talking about this TikTok. Let's move on. Oh, okay. All right. Great. So that's, that's it. That's the episode. Oh, and they joke about the drawing. And they joke about the drawing, which is like Piper and Dan are into each other. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Lame. But it was kind of a cute thing when they're all like making fun of each other. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you could just turn the volume completely off. And if I saw like Piper Prue and Phoebe like making fun and like having fun, I'd be like, oh, I love. Oh. I don't care what they're talking about. I love. <laughs> True. Okay. That's the app. Okay, that's the end. Um, demon deaths. There, there was a demon death. Yeah, I think it was kind of cool, actually, because they were frozen in the middle of the um, library as a huge wall of flame engulfs them. So, like, we, yeah. we didn't see their death, but that imagery was, like, pretty cool, I think. Concept was very, very cool. Mm -hmm. And that Phoebe caused it all was very, very cool mm -hmm. as well. Like outsmarting someone and using their own weapons against them mm -hmm. very cool 3.5 jeremy's out of five for me yeah i would i would agree with you there i'd or i'd give it like i give it a three because we didn't see the actual death um but definitely high concept mm -hmm. wonderful um well bryce do you have any final thoughts on this episode I really should prepare myself for this question. I don't know why I never do. Okay. I don't either. I just say whatever comes out of ah, my mouth. But you're always it. so eloquent. And I always like the things that, that you like come up with. Okay. Oh, wow. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Um, sometimes when you want to change the world... And you're looking at the man in the painting, and you're like, I should change the man in the painting first. Maybe it's the painting world that needs to be changed. Whoa. Dang. That was really good. Wow, you think? I yeah, just pretended I really that I was it. Shayna, and I was like, I'll just say what I think Shayna would say. <laughs> I think it was very close. <laughs> To, to something I would say if that was the that was the path I was going on. Wow, that did sound like me. My my thoughts on this episode would be that each and every person has inherent value and that may be really difficult to see when so many of the people around you seem to have a value system that discounts how you play into it. However, all of the systems that they've made are completely arbitrary and they don't cancel out what you have inside you and what you have to give to those that you love. Well said. Thank you. That's about it for me over here. Um, hello. I'm Shayna. You can find me at Bernadette Teeters. And I am Bryce. You can find me at Your Best Bryce. And also at Finished Foodstagram. And together we are Charmed, a spellcast, and you can find us 
at Charmed Spellcast on Instagram, or you can write to us, charmedspellcast at gmail.com. And we love all of the emails that we get. They are great. And we love the gifts. And, and we love simple acknowledgement in any form. Why? Because narcissism. <laughs> but also, it feels lovely to be connected during this time. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for listening. We love and appreciate every single one of you. i
fight with you I wanna change me I wanna change me You've been listening to Earbud Media Production Earbud Media, audio for everyone